It started with the death of Julio Ramirez and then John Umberger. Now we know that many other men have been drugged and robbed in the Hell's Kitchen area of New York City. Is there a gang targeting gay men in New York? everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello hey everybody how's it going it, it is good it is it is going good a lot of things that i've been uh working on for christmas have shown up at my door which makes me happy i like to be done early wonderful it's awesome and yeah, it's just great. It's been snowing all day. And I'm like yeah. in the mood for that. You know, there's this part time of the year where you're like, yeah, bring it on. And then you're like, oh, fuck, I'm be done with this. Yeah. I'm not there yet. <laughs> right now I'm like, oh, yeah, let's bring it on. Let's be beautiful and wide. And all January Christmas 2nd. Day. January 2nd. Get out. That yeah. snow has totally. to go. Because yep. by then you. it's all brown and gray anyway. Mm -hmm. It's not pretty anymore. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But for I'm sure. good. I'm really good. Good, good. All righty. Well, all is well here too. Just yeah, lots of uh, snow and like my little chihuahuas, my new babies. They don't hate the snow. They're the first That's chihuahuas awesome. I've ever had that don't hate the snow. But they right. are outside. They come in and out of the doggy door quite a bit and come in with their little frozen toes and frozen ears and dive in blankies and warm up and then off mm -hmm. they go again. I'm I'm amazed and and glad. That's yeah, that's really good. Chihuahuas that don't want to go uh, out to, or, you know, can be a problem in the winter in a cold climate. So, yeah, I'm glad that they're uh, so far so good. <laughs> What's that meme? A dachshund looking out at the snow and says, I'll just use the rug. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Yeah. Of a lot of rugs. I get mm -hmm. A lot of times, especially mm -hmm. in the winter. Yeah. Well, Rhonda pointed out that, that Nini, our little uh, um, dachshund, that when she picks her up after she's been outside, that her armpits are just freezing. <laughs> so her armpits. No, up in her armpits. Poor little doggy. Poor little thing. Yeah. She needs a sweater. Oh, she has many. You try <laughs> putting one on and see what happens. Yeah, mm. I know. <laughs> well, poor girl. Well, to all the cold doggies everywhere. I hope they, uh, yeah, hope this winter they can find some fun in that old snow out there. <laughs> Well, it is Tuesday, and mm -hmm. we've got some really interesting cases. I'm actually, I'm really excited uh, and interested in our cases, both uh, Tuesday and Wednesday this week. We've got some interesting stuff. Um, we do, yeah. Some compelling stuff, I think, and, and some warnings, too. So I, I think this is uh, important. We've got important topics here. Not that they right. aren't all, but I'm, I'm compelled by what we have going on here. Yeah, so, we've got some big ones. Yeah, so Christy, I'm actually going to uh, kick it off with you with some creepy crime. Okay. Well, you know, sometimes the really gross, horrifyingly crazy crimes have to go to court. Mm -hmm. And you might remember Austin Haruf. He's known um, as the face biter murderer. Yeah. 
and uh, he has um, pled insanity. And the judge has accepted that defense for him. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's doing a bench trial. He killed John Stevens III and Michelle Miscon. Um, in a it was a double homicide. They he stabbed them and beat them in with their faces, obviously. Uh, all he also stabbed their neighbor Jeffrey Fisher, who tried to help them. So this is his trial and, you know, we'll see what exactly all transpires, but um, he does have the right to use the um, not guilty by reason of insanity defense. Mm-hmm. And the judge did determine that he was in fact insane at the time that he committed yeah. this offense. So um, <laughs> this, this actually happened in 2016 and so he was probably part of the crush of things that got slowed way down thanks to COVID. Yeah. Um, it has been determined, um, an expert for, by the defense, Dr. Philip Resnick, did determine that he was, that Haruf was actively psychotic uh-huh. uh, at the time that he uh, committed these crimes. And I think this is interesting because we end up talking about insanity defenses and what does that mean regularly. Mm-hmm. So Here's why the doctor says that he was definitely actively psychotic and, you know, not sane at the time that he committed these murders. Yeah. Um, he kept on attacking, even when cops told him to stop, tased him and kicked him multiple times in the head. He didn't stop. Most people, if the police showed up and they were going to kill you, if you didn't stop uh, doing yeah. what you were doing, it would stop. But he mm-hmm. wasn't in his right head. Yeah. Um, now, this you'll find this interesting, but this is, in fact, an actual diagnosis. I don't know how legit it is, really. But um, the doctor did determine that Haruf suffered from clinical lycanthropy, mm-hmm. um, which does mean that at the time he believed that he was half man, half dog. Oh, doesn't mean that he was, Lord. yeah. but it does mean that he believed that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when this case first happened, everybody thought that he was on bath salts. Right, yeah. Because that this kind of a crime had been, you know, yeah. this has happened before on bath salts. But no, his toxicology came back neg- negative. He was mm-hmm. not, uh, but was in fact psychotic. And, and, and there is a form of psychosis called clinical lycanthropy where a person, it, it it's kind of where the idea of werewolves came from right sometimes people who are seriously mentally ill do in fact believe they are a werewolf or a dog or a wolf yeah. or something like that oh boy yeah so this That's is cool. um yeah this is a tough one because of course for the families of the victims it is absolutely horrifying yeah um, you know this attack was random and he had been out at a restaurant with his family and he just got up and abruptly left Mm. and just came across the victims and killed them. Uh And actually that's not unusual at all for somebody who's psychotic because you don't know what's going on in their mind. You don't know what they're hearing or seeing. Uh Um, He did, he was hospitalized for seven weeks 
after the attack. Mm-hmm. After the um, he did an interview with Dr. Phil from the hospital. I'm really surprised they let him do that because he was facing these charges. But right. he said he had been paranoid and hearing voices before this attack. So um, mm. people are calling didn't it this. He, didn't he also drink a, an acid or a poisonous substance? I had read that part of the reason the trial took so long is because he'd been recovering for quite a while. Yes. Yeah, I think he did. And he was also pretty beat up. The police beat him up right. pretty good because he would not quit. Mm-hmm. So this is the hashtag face eater murder trial. If you want to follow it, I really am not interested in the actual details because right. I can already tell you I don't want to know. Um, and, however, and he has an attorney, right? He does have an attorney. Yes, Good. he's being represented. But I am curious to see the outcome of this. Case Very interesting. Because, you know, yeah, this because to better a lot understand. of states don't have the insanity plea. Right. right. Florida is one see. of the ones that does. But yeah. yeah. I guess I could have called this a Florida man, but I felt it was a little more creepy than Florida man. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, we'll keep an eye on this uh, case and kind of let you know how things play out. But I am very curious to see what they do with this um, insanity. For sure. And with that, Katie, I'm going to kick things back to you for our main case. Yes. So this is quite the case, uh, and it is at this point, uh, there's, it's mostly, uh, it has been mostly kind of just rumors and conjecture, but the first I learned of this uh, situation going down in New York was on TikTok from mm-hmm. a talker I follow called Muscles and Nursing, mm-hmm. showing a warning to gay men in New York City that you are not safe. Don't go to clubs, don't go to bars, and if you do, Go with other people. Don't go anywhere alone. Don't leave your drink unattended. You know, kind of the same warnings that women get all the time. Yeah. You know, but uh, at this point, it feels like gay men may be being targeted in New York. So back in the spring, sometime uh, around the end of March, first part of April, a man named Julio Ramirez, uh, he was a social worker in New York. He was in... He was found deceased in the back of a cab. And he was 25. Oh, this was April 21st. Mm-hmm. His phone and his wallet were missing. His bank account had been drained of about 20K. Mm-hmm. He had been visiting gay bars in the Hell's Kitchen area that night. And a postmortem toxicology showed that he had uh, date rape drugs in his system. He'd been roofied. And that's kind of where it started. And there had been some video of him leaving a club with three men that his friends could not identify. Then fast forward and his, uh, initially his death was just ruled an overdose. And that's really important because that's been happening rather than these cases being investigated. Fast forward a few weeks, and another man died in New York. Mm. This is uh, John Umberger. So John Umberger was also, he was visiting New York. He was actually a political uh, 
advisor in Washington. And he had been visiting New York and had been out visiting some gay bars in Hell's Kitchen in May. And he disappeared and then was found the next day, well, two days later. He'd last been seen on May 28th with three unidentified men on a security camera. They entered an Upper East Side townhouse where he was staying with him. And then, and he'd been seen having dinner with friends uh, earlier that night. He used his credit card about 3 a.m. at the Q NYC. There's a connection here to the Q. A lot of these uh, people had been at the Q the night that their uh, incidents happened. Mm -hmm. Anyway, later in the night, there's video of these three men entering the townhome with him and then leaving without him about 45 minutes later. So his body was found on June 1st in this apartment. He was kind of missing for a bit, but he looked like he'd been deceased the whole time. Uh, he, his bank account was emptied. His credit cards had been used at local businesses. Mm. There had been attempts to empty his retirement account. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's terrible. And initially nothing was done. It was just, as with uh, Julio, it was just like, oh, well, it was an overdose. But again, his system was full of date rape drugs. Right. And if it was just an overdose, who's using his cards and his money? Right. Like, who's on. robbing them? So his mother has been really loud. Her name is Linda Clary. She's uh, done a bunch of interviews. And now she's saying that she's had a bunch of other parents contact her saying that something very similar has happened to their sons. Mm -hmm. And it is really uh, frustrating that uh, there has not been any arrests. Uh, there hasn't been any prosecution. And that's kind of where things sit. Now, another parent has come out of the woodwork uh, talking to Laura Clary. She's been kind of the, uh, or Linda Clary, sorry. She's been mm -hmm. kind of, uh, you know, in the center of this situation, uh, with people, you know, talking to her because they're not really being heard by law enforcement. Mm -hmm. But that uh, other things happening. Now, the only two deaths we know of are Julio and John. However, we do know, uh, Mrs. Clary says that she knows of 14 other cases where young men were roofied, robbed for thousands and thousands of dollars, but have lived. What we don't know of... Mm -hmm that have died that were just written off as overdoses. Part mm. of the problem is that some of them, they are using drugs. They are at clubs. They're using cocaine maybe or something like that. And so then something terrible happens to them and they don't initially go to the police because they don't want to have to admit that they were doing uh, something illegal. And that's a part of the problem. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the other part of it is that some of them probably are reporting, but just aren't being taken seriously. But this is become, becoming an epidemic. Well, they're they're gay men. And that's another reason to be afraid to report. It's also mm -hmm. another reason that the police tend to yep. not take them seriously, which is bullshit. Yep. Entirely. Entirely. So there's a big warning right now to young people in New York. Now, there is one case of a robbery that actually happened... Uh, with a young man who had been in a restaurant, an Irish place, an Irish pub, who's not gay. Other than that, all of these stories are about gay men. 
And they're not all public. We don't know all of their stories, but what we know is that there is something going down that is feeling really dangerous. Mm -hmm. Initially, there was a conversation about, do we have a serial killer on our hands? It's looking more and more like it's not a serial killer. Hopefully it's not, but worse or, or not worse or whatever. It looks like it might be a gang of men that are working on, uh, you know, shaking people down, drugging them, stealing their identity, stealing all of their money. And, and sometimes they overdose them and sometimes they don't. Yes. Sometimes they probably accidentally kill them and sometimes they don't. Uh, obviously, they don't really care. Uh, but in my investigation into this, and we'll keep an eye on this for sure and continue to uh, report anything else we hear, you know, because again, it seems like uh, they're just finally tying some of this together. Some of the press is finally starting to tie these incidences together. Obviously, uh, Mrs. Clary is working really hard to tie these incidences together and mm -hmm. make some serious warnings to people that, you know, if you're in New York, especially in these certain places, you may not be safe. Mm -hmm. uh, but something else really jumped out at me that I thought was really worth uh, also sharing. And this is an incident that happened that has also happened outside of a club in New York. A little bit different. I've got to pull up my file again because uh, it, it jumped on me. Uh, but there is another gay club in New York, gay uh, bar slash restaurant, that mm -hmm. is reporting that in the last few weeks, they have had bricks thrown at their windows now four times. Ooh. Uh, they have break or bulletproof or shatterproof windows because of shit like this happening. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they don't have, uh, the windows aren't breaking, but it's still really upsetting. And it, it's also just really upsetting, especially considering what has just happened in Colorado. So this is Verse, V-E-R-S. It's a gay bar in New York. So I'm going to share a video of this happening there. I have a, some footage of the, uh, from their CCTV. So I'll show you that. So you see this man walking up here, chucking this brick at the window and running. Jeez. And it just kind of shakes the window, but look how close people, there are people literally in right the window. There. Yeah. But then he walks past and points like he's, you know, saying that somebody else, uh, you know, went that way. If it did it, it was him. Wow. The video just doubles back and gives you one more look. Ooh, but yeah. I mean, look at that woman that's sitting right in the window. I mean, yeah. that brick, like, really came straight at her face. That's terrifying. Yeah. So, it's a warning. Warn your friends. Anybody that you know that lives in New York, warn them to be really, really careful. Mm -hmm. um, head on a swivel. Don't leave drinks unattended. The men in question are three very well-dressed, good-looking men mm -hmm. that are charming. And are charming the pants off of people. And, mm -hmm. you know, all the while, I think triple teaming somebody. And it's easy to get distracted if you have three people working on you to mm -hmm. get, uh, you know, to have your drink roofied. One of the men, mm -hmm. uh, not one of the ones that died, but one of the others that have been robbed. None of them have come out publicly. That's why I don't have uh, very concrete names or stories to share. But one of them said that uh, he woke up with... Uh, a mark on the inside of his arm that made him think he'd been injected with something at some point. Ooh. That is yeah. so scary. So yeah. scary. 
it is terrifying. It really is. So we'll keep an eye on it, but I felt like this was a story that definitely deserved some uh, daylight because yeah. we need to know. Everyone needs to know to be really, really extremely careful at this point. Yeah. So, Christy, I am going to kick the mic back over to you for uh, some true crime news update. Yes. It must be time for trials to get started. The last ones to get rounded up before the end of the year, because we have another uh, very important trial that has just begun. This is the trial of accused serial killer Juan David Ortiz. Juan David Ortiz was a Border Patrol um, agent who is accused of murdering four women uh, oh. back in uh, Laredo, uh, Texas, in 2018. Oh, no. And I didn't realize that he... Ha I remember this case, but I had no idea he hadn't been tried. Um, this case was a death penalty case and now isn't. Interesting hmm. in Texas. Um, yeah. The lead prosecutor. I love putting people to death. Right. The lead prosecutor on the case, who is uh, Isidro Alanis, took capital punishment off the table. Hmm. The main reason is he said the victim's families agreed to the change, which would also shorten the trial from four weeks to about two weeks. Ah. So if it was done to make things easier on the families and they know this guy's likely going to go away forever anyway, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But that's interesting. It is. So his victims were Melissa Ramirez, Claudia Ann Luera, uh, Griselda Cantu, and Janelle Ortiz. They were all found with gunshot wounds uh, within just weeks of each other in starting in September of 2018. Oh uh, this was off I-35 north of Laredo, Texas. Was he working? Yeah. Like actively working at Border Patrol at the time? Yes. And there actually is some body cam footage of that you can hear some of these attacks take place. Oh, wow. Which is... Um, That's horrific. Terrifying. Yeah. So we will... Um, this case just sort of slipped out of my radar because it's from 2018 i thought it had already been tried and it hasn't. yeah so i'll keep a close eye on this case and we'll continue to update it it's just finished day two yeah of his trial um but yeah this is a very heinous situation and most certainly um you know someone who was working in a federal position at the time of mm -hmm. murders for a million reasons, we need to keep a close eye on this case. So I will uh, update it as we go. But he is now finally, his trial is now underway. Wow. Well, okay. Yeah. All righty. Well, that's what we've got. It's Tuesday. So we'll be back Wednesday with a brand new episode. You do not want to miss it. Uh, we're going to be back yeah. Wednesday night with case updates. And if you are a patron, we have two brand new Patreons this week. So be yes, sure that you do. check those out as well. Please like, share, follow, do the thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And if you'd rather listen than watch, of course, you can find our podcast anywhere that podcasts are carried. Mm -hmm. We're everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you'd rather be everywhere with us, you can sure do that. Mm -hmm. So 
You guys, please take care. Take good care of yourselves. You absolutely deserve it. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Take care. Bye, everybody.